Are you ready for the end of the world? Sure, why not? <laughs> Listen to your community spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again, the circle of friends, the circle of family, the circle of being. Wake up! And be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is Ord Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. And today is Friday, the 23rd of October, right? Yes. <laughs> Just to make sure that I'm not behind the times. <laughs> it's like, um, it is National Mole Day. Yes. Yeah, this is actually, it's not for the little creature. It's for the unit of measurement in chemistry. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it might be for the chemistry measure, so I looked it up, and uh, Avogadro's number, it's a way of measuring uh, chemicals. Huh. <laughs> but they, they named it that because of, uh, they, it's, I think it's short for molecule, but... What made you think to look up <laughs> that it's not mole day? Because I'm that much of a nerd. When I see the word yes. mole day, I'm awesome. like, I hope it's for the chemistry and not just for the little critter. Um, unfortunately, it's also TV talk show host day. I wonder oh. if they have radio. Every day show. is radio talk show host day. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're troublemakers. Yes. Um, tomorrow happens to be <clears throat> Make a Difference Day, United Nations Day, and the UN World Development Information Day. The Make a Difference Day is going to be very important because tomorrow is... What is it? World Climate Action Day. Yes, World Climate Action Day. So you so. can make a difference by participating in World Climate Action Day. And if you don't, Sunday is Mother-in-Law Day. <laughs> and she gets to do what she wants, and she might slap you upside your head. <laughs> That's right. It's also Sourest Day. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so find the sourest food you can find. <laughs> <laughs> or the sourest person and give them a hug. <laughs> no, we're not a bunch of uh, tree-hugging. <laughs> we just like hugging people. So, let's get to some happenings, because there's tons of them. Yes. We're in a happening town. Well, if you haven't sent your happenings to us, the happening guys, guess what? They may not happen. <laughs> that was my Halloween voice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we can go with... Uh, Here's one of our regular happenings, uh, International Coffee Hour, uh, Fridays from 3 to 5 p.m., including this Friday at the Northwest Annex Building B. You can mix with uh, SIU students from all over the world. You could be part of the international community. Hey, and if you don't want to go get some coffee, you can go get some food at Friday's Rice and Spice International Slow Food Dinners, which today my mom is cooking. <laughs> Yael Orr's mom will be cooking Middle Eastern food. That's every Friday, 
but specially today from 6 to 9 p.m. at the Gaia House Interface Center on South Illinois Avenue. All are welcome. Huh, good stuff. What if what if there's n- if you're not an all? <laughs> oh, everyone's part of all. Oh, okay. <laughs> all includes everyone. So let's see. Uh, big issues on the big screen at the Big Muddy IMC. Uh, their film for tonight is Flow, for Love of Water. Flow builds a case against the growing privatization of the world's dwindling freshwater supply. And did, the, did you know that St. Louis water is owned by a German company called Sch- Sch- Schott? <laughs> no, I didn't. S-C-H-O-T-T. Huh. And I noticed that because I used to buy solar from them. So I was just like, wow, they own the water company. They own <laughs> the water and they're providing the water to St. Louisians. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, privatized water uh, within our region, even. Uh, so, the dwindling fresh water supply and the emergence of a domineering world water cartel. That's so, right. Water is going to be the next world war. Yeah. Or it already is happening. A lot of the, what, Darfur, I think, is all about the lack of water coming from the Himalayas. Am I messing up my world geography there really good? Yeah, but you can go for longer without food than you can without water. In big trouble if you have any So they're going to have interviews with scientists and activists that will reveal the rapidly building crisis at both the global and human scale. So that's uh, tonight at uh, 7 p.m., 214 North Washington in Carbondale. Are you getting thirsty? A little bit, actually. Um, today, Pumpkin Glow and Stroll, today and tomorrow from 5.30 to 9 p.m. This is a family event at Green Retreat, Highway 127 in Chautauqua, <coughs> Friday and Saturday, 5.30 to 9 p.m. There's lots of great door prizes, hay rides, lit and decorated pumpkins to enjoy, food from 17th Street, proceeds support local kids groups, specifically outdoor programming. Um, they are still looking for volunteers, so you can contact Chris at 525-7900. Again, the Pumpkin Glow and Stroll. I like that name. <laughs> yeah, Glow and Stroll. Sounds like a fun event, too. Okay, uh, coming up uh, tonight, uh, Take Back the Night, a march and rally to end violence against women. Uh, that's coming up at night, uh, tonight. Uh, the march starts at the Gaia House Interfaith Center at 7 p.m., uh, that's located at uh, Illinois and Grand Avenue, uh, just by the railroad tracks there. And actually, if you go by there around 7 p.m. or even a half hour before, you will see hundreds of people with lit candles. Yeah, yeah, because they start gathering at more like 6.30. You know, they get there early and they start giving out the candles. And then they march from there uh, to the Town Square Pavilion. Uh, they march north along Illinois, and then they have the rally at the Town Square Pavilion. Yeah, in the past, they took up a whole lane. So if you would like to have the chance to take the strip... <laughs> this is your chance to do it, Tom. Yeah, legally. And le- legally and for a good cause. Yeah, it's like for the best cause of all, women. Well, even better cause, stopping violence. Yeah. But women, I think, are a really good cause. So that's tonight, 7 p.m. Hope to see you there. I know I'll be there. Tomorrow happens to be Saturday, October 24th. And every Saturday until, let's see, the end of this month. We're getting very close. There's only a few more weekends 
Well, two more, right? Two more. If I count my weekends right. For the farmer's market, 8 a.m. till noon, get your veggies, stock up. Um, I'm going to go next week. It's going to be the last one and just buy everything. <laughs> yeah. You know, because you're going to have to, I mean, they're going to have a lot of root crops, potatoes, squash, and those things last for a long time. So yeah. stock up. But get psyched for tomorrow because it is the global day of climate action. The, this Saturday, October 24th, is the International Day of Climate Action. You're all geared up to join an event in your hometown or hood, right? Um, we will be talking about more that more of that in the news section. Yes. <laughs> so we also have other happenings coming up on Saturday. Um, the annual Unity Dinner uh, coming up on Saturday. Um, it's uh, coming up at the Newman Center, 715 South Washington. Uh, at 7 p.m., come out and enjoy a formal evening with a featured speaker, entertainment, and free food from different cultures, made possible by the ladies of Delta Phi Mu. Uh, this event celebrates all cultures and brings unity within all cultures at SIUC. Uh, so, uh, for more information on that, you can contact Christina Nelson at C-R-E-L-N-E at SIU.edu. And we got a call... I make this mistake every year, but it's through the end of November. Through the end of November, ah. The <laughs> farmer's market. The sign says, you know, I think it says April-November. <laughs> and I always think that it's through November, but it's through the end of November. Yes. <laughs> so, so you've gotten an extension. I hope you they put on the sign there, they put like November 30th someday, cause, just for me, because I, I do <laughs> this every year. They could put a little word above each month, like, you know, start of, end of. <laughs> yeah. Because I do this every year, and I think always think, you know, is it the end of October or the end of November? <laughs> so thank you for the call, because um, we are a community, and we want to straighten each other out. So uh, this Saturday and every Saturday, the Vigil for Peace from noon until 1 p.m. at the corner of Maine and Illinois in Carbondale. This is even more important now that we're getting bad weather to get people out there. And remember, we are praying and vigiling and thinking and acting for peace. All right, and in uh, other happenings, uh, we've got the Human Rights Celebration. This is a special interfaith event in honor of children at the Carbondale Civic Center. We'll be featuring the Children's Interfaith Choir... And it's happening Sunday, October 25th, that's this coming Sunday, at 3.30 p.m. You can help plan the vegetarian Thanksgiving dinner. Come to the Gaia House RSO meeting next Wednesday, October 28th, at 5.30 p.m. at the Gaia House Interface Center. The th vegetarian Thanksgiving is November 19th. Usually feed over 200 people great vegetarian food. This is your chance to get involved in planning the vegetarian dinner next Wednesday at 5.30 p.m. All right, and we have another happening, uh, Native American Heritage Month. Uh, there's an event coming up on this coming Tuesday, October 27th. It's a film called For the Rights of All. That'll be showing in the Student Center Ohio Room at 7 p.m., and that's on this coming Tuesday. 
Homelessness and Extreme Poverty Symposium next Thursday, October 29th at 6 p.m. at the First Christian Church in Carbondale, hosted by the Carbondale Interfaith Council. Presenting the event, agencies in Jackson and Williamson County that work with the homeless and extreme poor. An optional donation may be given to Feed My Sheep at the dinner, which will be included, provided by Bethel Amy's Church Feed My Sheep Community Kitchen. Have we actually managed to squeeze all those happenings in the first half of the show? Yes, we have. And that was quite a, quite a selection of happenings, too, so we kept on topic, I guess. <laughs> we will be right back after a little bubbly... back. Did you get yourself a little bubbly? Dear friends, for 20 years the world has managed to do little about the greatest problem it's ever faced. In three days time, you can help change that. And if you step up, you're going to have a lot of great company. It looks like the International Day of Climate Action, tomorrow, Saturday, October 29th, will be the single most widespread day of political action the planet has ever seen. We're closing in on 170 nations and more than 4,000 rallies and events. There's something happening near you. If you're not sure what, this link will let you find it quickly and easy. dub3.350.org slash map. People in all these cities and towns across the world will be saying the same thing. Scientists or science tells us that we can't have more than 350 parts per million CO2 in the atmosphere if we want a planet like the one we were born into. That sounds complicated, but it isn't. 350 is the bottom line for the Earth. For those of us in the U.S., it looks like this weekend is going to be even more important here. President Obama is scheduled to give a major climate speech today, or on Friday, and the Senate is set to hold hearings on its global warming bill next Tuesday. This will be one of the last best chances to make the support for much stronger efforts unmistakably loud and clear. Your efforts this weekend will be doing double duty, helping with the fight in Copenhagen, which is the climate bill, in December, and also on Capitol Hill. This message is from Bill McKibben of 350.org, or you can visit a great website called ticktick.com, T-C-K, T-C-K, T-C-K. Yes, the clock is ticking on climate change. And the countdown is getting much closer. The world is ready. Now, I looked at the map, and... I don't see any official thing scheduled here. Mm. The nearest one is in St. Louis. Yeah. But it seems counterproductive to drive to St. Louis to participate mm -hmm. in a climate action. Yeah. And then drive back. And then drive back. But if you would like to know more about the St. Louis 350 organization, 
Their website is dub3, www.stl350.com. If you happen to be in St. Louis, the action is tomorrow from 3 to 4 in front of the St. Louis City Hall on 1200 Market Street. Please visit both 350.org and ticktickTick.com to find out much more. At least register yourself as somebody who is interested in making the world good enough for us to survive on. Yes, and if you want to do an impromptu event in Carbondale, you can just tell all your friends and do something together on the issue of climate change. Still got uh, 24 hours or more to figure it out. (laughs) I would have organized something, but... (laughs) I have to drive to a renewable energy show. <laughs> yeah. Yep, unfortunately. The, everything is always everywhere. I do a lot of driving. I am sick of driving. <laughs> you need to get that electric helicopter. Uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, we've got some other news here. Uh, steak and bake. 51% of greenhouse gas emissions now come from the meat and dairy industry. Hey, something we can do for the climate <laughs> within 24 hours. Yeah. Could cut down our emissions. <laughs> <laughs> so, we've long said that cutting meat and dairy out of your diet, or at a minimum cutting back deeply on their consumption, is one of the most powerful personal steps you can take toward mitigating climate change. But new analysis from World Watch Institute shows that the impact of raising livestock and poultry is much greater than previously thought and actually amounts to approximately 51% of global greenhouse gas emissions. <clears throat> Excuse me. So uh, the, the FAO's widely cited 2006 report, Livestock's Long Shadow, listed annual greenhouse gas emissions from livestock <clears throat> excuse me, to be at 11.8%. However, World Watch shows that the FAO severely undercounted or misallocated emissions from a number of areas in the livestock production chain. Now, I bet one of the things they missed out on was the whole transportation angle, you know, transporting the livestock from place to place and then from, you know, the slaughter to the market. It's a lot of energy. You don't think they included that? Well, I'm wondering if the one that's at 11% may have missed out on some stuff like that. Yeah. But then the 51% one probably put it in. I mean, do they include, I mean, transporting it and then processing it and the... Is it the whole chain, or is it just the food that they feed the animals? I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, there's deep thoughts going on today. How about something a little more fun? Solar and agriculture. Double cropping energy and food. From a 25-megawatt photovoltaic plant in Florida to a 4,500-acre solar thermal installation in California... Solar just keeps getting bigger. Within that context, the 100-kilowatt array may seem hardly worth mention, but folks in my community in Iowa are excited and not without reason. You see, traditionally, unlike wind, large-scale solar has often meant displacing otherwise productive land to the point where some areas like Ontario are actually looking at banning solar from Class A and Class B farmland. What sets this project apart is that it aims to not just coexist with productive farmland, but actually to enhance the agricultural process. The plant, which got the go-ahead from the funders only a few days ago, will cover approximately one acre of productive organic farmland 
and will be designed from the onset to enhance cultivation as best it can. Double cropping solar with food. <coughs> from protecting tomatoes from rain, tomatoes do better if their roots are fed, through shading a cooler climate crops like salad and arugula as our climate heats up, to providing support for trellises and other crop infrastructure, the idea is to find ways that we can grow food and harvest energy as symbiotically as possible. It seems like the details are yet to work, be worked out, but that's where much of the value of this project lies. If the fundamental basics can be figured out on an acre, then soon enough farmers across the country w could be double-cropping solar and food. The project is a brainchild of the good folks at Piedmont Biofuels, who, far from being simple evangelics for plant-based fuels, have always recognized that our future hinges on rethinking the way we supply all of our needs, from energy to food to housing, and finding innovative ways to do more with less. From their community-supported agriculture, to making soap from the biodiesel byproducts, to promoting non-driving Tuscany days, these guys are thinkers of the highest order. I like that non-driving Tuscany days. Mm. It's like like they do in Italy. Just relax, have some food. Yeah, and maybe go for a walk somewhere here, but yeah. not driving all around. Yeah, it's mm. like just enjoy well what we have around so and i i really like this idea i mean there's been people who have been doing it before i mean they do it with wind farms already you put up a wind generator and they can still farm pretty much everything yeah i like how this tries to find ways to uh incorporate the two in a mutually beneficial way right you know to uh keep the rain off of the tomatoes and stuff like that i mean the only hmm. thing i've seen was solar farms where they like had animals graze around the solar array. Yeah. <laughs> um, I bet it was a permaculturist who came up with this idea. It seems it seems like the sort of thing because it takes two distinct elements and puts them together in a way that they benefit each other. Yeah. <laughs> or they just only had so much land and they were using it all and they wanted to put solar in. Yeah. <laughs> and so they're like, well, let's put the solar in and continue to grow what we're continuing to grow. I mean. Um, Solar blocks out and collects light, but if you have it that the solar panel doesn't have its plastic backing, it collects the light, takes the electricity, and lets the light continue to go through. <laughs> it might take 10% of the light or, you know, a percentage of the light. It's yeah. like tinted windows, maybe. So, anything good? <laughs> yeah, good stuff. So, do we want to go to uh, the story about cars? I think we should just forget about cars completely. Because, <laughs> I mean, I truly believe that um, we're not going to have a personal vehicle soon. <laughs> but this is the most exciting year ever as far as clean, green cars. Yeah. I can't believe I say that. <laughs> clean, green cars. Um, I guess cleaner, greener cars. Yeah. The most fuel-efficient cars of the year as in 2010. Yeah, the ones that are coming out now, you know. Right. Nine out of the ten of them are hybrid. <laughs> yeah, so... Go for it. Let's go through these. Uh, the top ten. Uh, the first one is the Toyota Prius, which is a hybrid. Um, 
second one is the Ford Fusion, which is a hybrid, and the Mercury Milan, which is a hybrid. Uh, so third one is the Honda Civic. Uh, fourth one is the Honda Insight. Uh, it's got... Uh, this. These are ordered like the, the most fuel-efficient is the Prius there. And then like the Honda Insight, the Lexus, the Nissan, uh, Altima Hybrid. Uh, and And for the first time, I think... It's just not just Toyota and Honda on the top ten list. Yeah, there's and other companies too now, because you know they they were some of the first ones, but now Ford has got like the Ford Escape is number seven. <laughs> so, uh, but notice they don't show you the miles per gallon because that's a that's <laughs> a SUV. Yeah. <laughs> so it gets like, but the thing is, is if you get, let me see if I do my math. If you get a a pickup truck. That goes from 14 miles to the gallon to 18 miles to the gallon. It's the same equivalent of getting a car that goes from 35 miles to the gallon to 50 miles to the gallon. Yeah. As far as percent increase. And so it's a big deal with the truck to you know yeah. get that much more. Yeah, since the trucks are eating up so much, if you get just a few miles per gallon more, right. it makes a huge difference. Right. It's still percentage as far <laughs> as production going up. Yeah. Um, and th- this is, of course, for... Uh, you know the uh, hybrids and such. If you want to get really fuel efficient, you can go with electrics. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, the best thing is is Ford coming back from the precipice of bankruptcy to score a number two pot spot with the underrated Fusion. So the Ford Fusion hybrid four wheel dri- front wheel drive. Excuse <laughs> me. Yes. So they are so. making hybrids in the U.S. here, and they're even making electrics in the yeah. U.S. By the way, you can get a hefty rebate from the stimulus to buy a hybrid, right? Just kind of saying. <laughs> yeah. But um, if you can figure out a way to drive less, if you can figure out a way to buy the ultimate fuel-efficient vehicle, it's called your feet. No, <laughs> I mean, you don't buy those. Hopefully well, you came with a pair. <laughs> yeah, so, some people don't even realize they have them. Yeah. Yep, so... Um, and I just read a report recently that said not wearing shoes stimulates your brain, right? So walk around barefoot sometime. I don't think you could do that in public <laughs> legally. Yeah, some people do. Well, they. But, but I did it for a is while. Is it legal? Illegal? Oh, yeah, it's legal. There's some stores that don't let you come in. You know, they say no shirt, no shoes, no service. I wonder if you just put plastic bags on your feet before you went inside. If <laughs> These are shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I just carry a pair of flip-flops, so... Um, I want to reiterate the website Tick, Tick, Tick. The countdown is happening. There is only 44 days, 7 hours, 30 minutes, and 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0 seconds. Okay. <laughs> until um, the Copenhagen meeting. Yeah, until Copenhagen. Um, this is the World Climate Change December 7th, 2009, the world is ready, is America ready? America is the only country that never signed on to the World Climate Agreement. Now's our chance to kind of try to amend that fact. Yeah. <laughs> um, right now, if you go to tick, 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 tck, 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 dot org, 2,613,763 people have signed on to say, I am ready for our leaders to sign a global climate deal in Copenhagen that is ambitious, fair, and binding. 
I really love this website because it has videos, it has pictures, it has stories from around the world. The story today is Desmond Tutu saying unity, doomed apartheid. Next up is climate change. So, I and then I like the um what was it? There was a picture I can't remember if it was on Tick 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 or 350.org of mm. soldiers in Afghanistan mm. who put together um what do you call it? Basically the idea is you do 350 with some kind of symbol, yeah. take a picture of it and send it in that we support it. So there was these soldiers in Afghanistan that put together sandbags, you know, the, the, the bulletproof <laughs> things, 350, and they're sta- sitting in front of their um, SUV. <laughs> you know, well, the big Hummer. Yeah. And they said now that their their battalion um, now um, walks all through the camp. There's the, That's like the policy now. <laughs> so I was just like, whoa, cool. You know, maybe it's for exercise, but that's their <laughs> policy. Yeah, so. Exercise and uh, save energy. Save energy, save the planet, save yourself. That's, that's a good slogan. <laughs> that is. Yeah, because... have to remember that one. Yeah, because if you don't save the planet, well, if you don't do things to make it so that you save yourself, I mean, the planet's going to survive. <laughs> yeah, it might be a barren rock with, you know, bacteria and lichen on it, but yeah, it's going to survive. Yeah, it's not going to be that bad. <laughs> but we're definitely not going to survive if we don't get off our butts and do something. Yes. <laughs> so, we will see you again right here on the radio. Why? Because we love the radio.